Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. I want to welcome all of our online attendees. If you're joining us on Facebook Live or on YouTube Live, welcome again. We're so glad that you guys decide to join us each and every week. We're grateful uh, that even during this strange time, we can't meet in person, uh, but you get to uh, meet online for some of you. And so we're grateful for the opportunity uh, to be able to still connect through that. Um, also want to say hello to the Fenway campus uh, this week. Uh, that's normally where I'm at on Sundays, but big shout out to my people down in Fenwick. Missed you guys. I know you're having an amazing time there this week. Uh, my name's Jeremy. I'm the executive pastor here at Bayshore, and every once in a while they let me get up here and speak, so I'm always excited to be able to get up and share uh, the word with you. And uh, this week, Pastor Danny is on vacation. Him and his wife, Karen, are getting to take some time off, and so that's a great thing for them. So uh, I always like to remind you, like, when they are able to get away and to rest and rejuvenate, make sure you're praying for your pastors and, uh, you know, lifting them up to the Lord because, you know, they carry a burden, and leading uh, the charge here is not a simple thing. And so, man, be praying for Pastor Danny and Karen as they're uh, relaxing this weekend. So, hey, listen, we've been in a series called Blink. Uh, it's been a great series, this, this idea of taking a look at our life and making sure that we're getting the most out of it and not getting to the end of our life and realizing that we've got regrets and things that we wish we would have done or things that we could have done better, but really trying to be intentional now about our life. And so in week one, Pastor Danny spoke on this idea of numbering our days, the whole concept around it, just making sure that we're being intentional, that we know for all of us, one day we won't be here. There will come an end. And so number your days, count your days, and then be intentional and strategic about how you leverage those days uh, of your life. And then the second week, uh, Pastor shared about this idea of planting ourselves in the church, in a community of believers, that we root ourselves in that, and we become planted in that, and that allows us to flourish, our lives to flourish. And the idea that over time, we'll be flexible, that when the storms of life come and the, the winds blow, that we'll be flexible to those storms because we're rooted in the church. And so today we're going to continue uh, that discussion on blank. And honestly, today it's, it's one of my favorite subjects, one of my favorite things to talk about. And uh, so I just very quickly want to jump into the scriptures today. Uh, and if you'll turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 2. Uh, it's where we're going to be reading. Now, listen, you probably know this, but in chapter 1 of Genesis, uh, we have God creating the heavens and the earth and everything uh, therein. And it's a six-day process in the book of Genesis chapter 1. And uh, everything is created in those six days. And in chapter 2 is where we're going to pick up today. Uh, is after that six-day process. So let's read this together. Uh, chapter 2, verse 1 says, Thus... The heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested. He rested from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for your word. And God, we just uh, calm our hearts and our minds right now, Lord. We look to you and we open our minds, our ears, our hearts, our souls to what you would say to us today. So God, let this word penetrate our hearts and change us. Let us not leave here the same. We give 
ourselves to your word today. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Now, some of you may have seen this, but I've recently seen a hashtag on Instagram and Facebook, and it's this hashtag, no days off. No days off. So anybody else seen those? Uh, yeah, they're all over the place. And usually what you see with it is it's accompanied by some guy at the gym, right? And this guy, he's got this Instagram picture where it's been perfectly kind of uh, cultivated where he's got a weight that we all know that he can't lift for real. It's way too much weight for him to lift, but he's got it, and he's got it half up there, and his muscles are bulging, and the veins are popping out, and then he's got, you know, his gut sucked in, and there's just the right amount of perspiration on his forehead, right, so that we know he's not like a hot mess and about to fall out, but, but he's been working, right? And then the, the, the uh, angle of the camera is just right, that it minimizes the double chins that he has, and so then there's this picture, and in it, is this hashtag, no days off, usually accompanied by some other hashtags like, you know, my gym flow or, or uh, uh, my grind yo or eight days a week, which there's only seven days a week, so just stop it. But it's accompanied by these other hashtags. And you've seen these posts, right? You've seen them as people have all these different things and they've cultivated this picture and they post the picture with the hashtag, no days off. And then it's almost like this weird bragging that we do, right? In this U.S. culture where we're bragging about no days off, it's like, uh, it's part, it's ingrained in our culture, this idea that we don't stop or we don't quit or it's a lifestyle that we have where we're hustling no days off. And if only that were a hashtag that we saw on Instagram or on Facebook, if only it was that, only something that we threw up on the internet. But the truth is, is that it is far too often an accurate picture of the trap that we fall into and how we live our lives. No days off. And as a result, uh, there's this sense of fatigue that we all carry within inside of ourselves. There's this sense of, uh, of sort of like a low-grade anxiety that we've all just accepted as being normal in our lives and in culture today. And I would even propose that this no days off sort of mindset is perhaps the reason for pervasive spiritual dullness in our, our, our society. This ache that we all feel inside, and it's because of that, that ache and that, 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 uh, that, that fatigue that is responsible for a distance that is created between us and God and even us and our relationships and other people and our loved ones. And I would even go as far to say it's created a distance, a separation between how we relate even to ourselves. It's a disconnect between us and our own soul. But there's a better way. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. In Genesis chapter 2, we see God actually modeling this better way. And, you know, God, let's just be real, uh, God doesn't need rest. But as a good leader, which good leadership is not just the power to tell somebody to do something or just telling somebody to be able to do something because we have authority. But good leadership is when we uh, uh, ask others to do as we do. And so in this way, God is being a good leader and he is uh, uh, providing us a model of how we should live. 
And God is telling us in Genesis here to rest. To rest. He shows us that there is a rhythm that he has built in the universe and God rested. Now, the word here in the original Hebrew is the word Shabbat. Shabbat, which literally means it's translated to stop or to cease or to be done. It's where we get the word Sabbath from, which many of you are probably familiar with. So in the beginning of it all, in the beginning of creation, when God formed the heavens and the earth, he models for us this rhythm of six days of work and one day of rest. It's a pattern for living. And in our current culture, this culture of no days off, this concept is far too often neglected. And it's to our own detriment. You know, one of the most popular TED Talks over probably the past decade is uh, by somebody who's not even a Jesus follower, not even a Christian. And uh, they propose this idea that what we really need in society is this uh, uh, secular Sabbath, a secular Sabbath. And and so what we see is that even people uh, who aren't uh, part of the church recognize, even with the absence of God, they recognize that we need rest and we need to take days off. So regardless of where you are on this faith thing or whether uh, you know uh, you think all this God stuff is crazy or not, our physiology, our physical beings crave rest. We need rest just even physically. And that's not counting the other uh, aspects of that, whether spiritual or mental uh, or relationally. All those things ultimately are interconnected, and we know that. But even just from a physical standpoint, we need rest. And God understands this. He understood it from the beginning. Thomas Edison is actually uh, partially who we could probably blame for some of this. Did you realize that Thomas Edison, uh, you know, created the light bulb and the electric light bulb, and so in a sense, creating this artificial sunlight. And uh, prior to the creation of the light bulb, do you know that people slept on average 10 and a half hours a night? 10 and a half hours a night. That seems ridiculous. Do you know how much people sleep currently on average in this day and time? Only six and a half hours. That's the average night's sleep for the, the, uh, the U.S. citizen. And so, you know, some of you are even thinking, when I say six and a half hours, you, you're thinking, that sounds great. I wish I could get six and a half hours, you know? And, and so, you know, for others of you, even seven hours, seven and a half hours would feel like being on vacation. And, and so, like, uh, you know, I've always thought about this, too, where, like, I look back in history, I look at some of my heroes and some of the men that I admire and some of the things that they've done and how most of the time you'll read that they were early risers and they would get up at dawn and they would uh, get a jump on the day and do all these things before the sun came up or as the sun was coming up. And then I realized after reading this that that really, you know, uh, they probably went to bed at 6 p.m. the night before when the sun went down. Because, I mean, what are you going to do uh, with no light, right? You can only sit but next to a candle, walk around with your little candle stuff for so long until well, you're just like, well, I guess I'll just go to bed. And so getting up at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. doesn't seem that crazy in light of that. And so you think about that, 
You think about uh, our lack of sleep that's happening because of that. Then you add in all of the blue light that, that, that's coming at us, right? Our computer screens, our uh, tablets, our phones, our TVs constantly uh, uh, filling us with entertainment and information and all of these things, and they're constantly on. I even know people who can't go to sleep without the TV on in the background. And so constantly you add all that up, and it amounts to what is essentially torture, you think about a prisoner of war who had been subjected to sleep depravity and then uh, a constant stimulation from screens and whatnot, and essentially what you're dealing with is torture. In fact, studies have shown conclusively, not speculatively, but conclusively, that sleeplessness leads to higher rates of irritability, anger, depression, and mental exhaustion. I was listening to a podcast not too long ago, and they were talking about these increasing rates of suicide in college students. And one of the psychologists just out of just thinking, just talking out loud, just said, you know, I wonder what would happen if these kids just went to sleep, if they just got some rest and they weren't constantly in this chronic state of exhaustion. Now, most of us would probably admit that we understand this in, uh, in a certain way, that we understand, we know this to be true, uh, but I don't think we fully understand how much this impacts our lives and how all, on how many levels that it's impacting our lives, spiritually, relationally, mentally, and of course, as we talked, physically. Uh, it was Corey Tinboom who said this, uh, if the devil can't make us bad, He'll just make us busy. The devil can't make us bad. He'll just make us busy. And so we're living these lives of go, 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 and no days off, and hurry, 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 consume, 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 and phone, and computer, and TV. And God, in this passage, is saying, no. There's something different that you can do. There's a better way. There's a way that I designed it and that I modeled for you from the beginning of time, six days I worked, I created. But on the seventh day, I rested. I Sabbathed. You know, it's fascinating if you look back over history uh, that there have been times in different cultures and different civilizations where they have attempted to play with this seven-day work week. And uh, in every instance, whether it's an eight-day week or a 10-day week or a 14 or whatever the case may be, where they've tried to play with it, uh, they have, uh, it's been disastrous and productivity has just fallen off completely. And so God has designed in creation that there is this rhythm, that we exist in a rhythm that we need to observe. And it's this sort of cadence that we experience. You know, um, you think about it like every week you'll see our amazing worship teams get up and they lead worship and you hear uh, this music that is created by them and you hear uh, these things that, that come out um, and what you don't hear is what's actually going on in their ears. You'll see they have these little headphones in and these uh, in-ear monitors is what we call them. But inside those uh, headphones, there'll be what's called a click track and there'll be somebody there that's helping guide them as to where to go. Like, hey, let's go to the chorus, let's go to the verse, or hey, let's, let's pull it back, let's just go drums only, vocals only, and all this is happening in their ear. And so it creates, creates a cadence for the band to follow so that it creates this music that comes out. And so in the same way, God has created 
the universe with a cadence, with a rhythm. And when we go against that rhythm, we do so at our own peril. Think about, I think about it in the same way as like gravity, right? Like gravity exists whether we want to acknowledge it or not. And we can try to go against gravity or, or act like it's not there, but we will always be pulled back to earth every time. This concept of Sabbath, of rest, is the same way. And when we try to ignore it or act like it doesn't apply to us, there will be consequences. It's been ingrained in the fabric of the universe by God, and he is helping us to understand that we cannot go against it. Now, we can fight it, but we will lose. Romans chapter 2, verse 9, the message has uh, this great way of kind of alluding to this. And in Romans 2, verse 9, it says that you go against the grain, you're going to get splinters. Wayne Mueller, uh, in his book on the Sabbath, he points uh, that out when he says, if we do not allow the rhythm of rest in our overly busy lives, illness becomes our Sabbath. Pneumonia, our cancer, our heart attack, our accidents create Sabbath for us. And in our no days culture, in this go, go, go culture has become all too common for us to ignore this rhythm and this rest. And what happens is we don't realize it, but it is having a major impact on our life. I saw a, a study not too long ago uh, about the Seventh-day Adventist church. And uh, that's a, a religion, a sect that, that believes very passionately in observance of the Sabbath. Their whole life is built around the idea of taking that one day off every week. And the studies showed that on average, Seventh-day Adventist uh, attenders live 10 years longer than the average U.S. citizen, 10 years longer. And what's amazing about that 10 years is that that's the same amount of time as if you added up all of a, a lifetime of Sabbaths would be equal to those 10 years and so in not taking rest, in not taking a Sabbath, we end up forfeiting the blessing that God wants us to have. Now, for some of us, when we hear the word Sabbath, uh, if we've been around the church for a while or maybe grew up in the church, uh, you're instantly probably thinking of the Ten Commandments. Um, and so what's important to remember here, even though uh, uh, God did formalize uh, the, the, uh, the mandate for Sabbath in the Ten Commandments, it's important to understand that the, the, the concept of Sabbath was created well before the Ten Commandments were. At the beginning uh, of time itself, God created uh, the Sabbath. So Sabbath and rest were, were, were intended since the beginning. And what God is doing in the Ten Commandments is reminding his people and he's reminding them of the Sabbath. Look at uh, uh, the Ten Commandments. We find those in Exodus chapter 20. Verse 8 says, Remember the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping 
it holy. So right in the middle of all, the whole list of commandments where it says don't steal, which is a good thing, and, and don't murder, which I would suggest that we all do, or don't covet, honor your father and mother. In the middle of all that, God mandates that we remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. We set it apart. We make it different from the other days. Because you can imagine, like I can, like even in that time, even back in Old Testament times, that there were people who were no longer uh, resting. They were no longer taking a Sabbath because they were too busy. They had too much going on. Or, or they had, you know, one more email to send or just one phone call to make before the kids got up and all those things. You can even imagine that, that even in those times, they were just going, going, going. And God is saying, hey, remember the Sabbath? Remember how great it is, how awesome it is? Remember it. And as we read on in verse 9, it says, Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do no work, neither you nor your sons or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor the foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days... The Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. I want to point out here that it's important that we see that God blessed the Sabbath. Everybody say blessed. He blessed the Sabbath. And if we take a look back at the creation story uh, in Genesis, we'll notice that God blessed three things. First off, God blessed the animals, blessed them and told them, be fruitful and multiply. He blessed man and said, what? Be fruitful and multiply. And then he blessed the Sabbath on the seventh day. And what does God expect? He wants the blessing. He wants that to be multiplied. His expectation is multiplication. Therefore, the rest that we receive and the rejuvenation that is ours when we truly rest will be multiplied as we're able to give that blessing to other people people in the world. But for most of us, we're running on empty. You know, the tank meter is, is on red, the light's flashing, and we aren't able to be a blessing to others. We aren't able to spread rest and peace in the world because we haven't remembered to keep the Sabbath. We haven't kept it holy. And we've gone against the grain of the way that God intended to intended it to be. You know, I hear people say it all the time, like you'll ask people how you're doing, and I'm as guilty as anybody about this, right? But but I hear people say all the time, you ask them how they're doing, they go, oh man, I'm good, but I'm just, I'm swamped, man, I'm so busy, uh, I, I'm running hard, and, and like, man, I can't keep up, I'm trying to keep up, and all those things, and instead of being able to share uh, a peace and rest and rejuvenation that we've received through the Sabbath, we have nothing to give. We have nothing to give. And the gift of rest that God intended for you to enjoy and to multiply is unable to be passed to others. You think about it. Uh, how many times have you driven by somebody in need because you're too busy? Or how many times have, have you avoided someone because you know, you're having trouble keeping up with your own junk, much less getting involved in their junk, and so you avoid them? Or how many times have you been short with a loved one, maybe because you were stressed or tired. If we read uh, on, it says in verse 9 that six days you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. 
And on it you shall do no work, neither son nor daughter, manservant or maidservant, even animals get a day off. And the writer brings it back to the fact that God rested because they know that all of us are going to have all these excuses as to why we can't rest. But every answer, every excuse can be answered with, yeah, but, but God rested. Yeah, I know, but, but God rested. I know you're busy. I know you got a plan. I know you got your, your, your strategy of your retirement and all that stuff and how you're going to work and get it all done. I know, but God rested. I know. So he brings it back to God. And so take a day off. God did. And if we take a look back into verse 11, here's what it says in verse 11. It said that for six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that was in them. But he rested on the seventh day and therefore the Lord blessed, everybody say blessed, the Sabbath day and made it holy. It's important to understand that God blessed the Sabbath. And if we take a look back in the creation story of Genesis, uh, God actually blessed three things in the creation story. Number one, he, he blessed the animals and he told them to be fruitful and multiply. Number two, he blessed man and said, be fruitful and multiply. And then he blessed Sabbath, which is strange. It's a time frame uh, that he blessed. And, and we know that he uh, uh, commanded that they be fruitful and multiply for that. And so, you know, I believe that what God is saying here, why he blesses the Sabbath is because his expectation is multiplication here. And therefore, the rest that we receive and the rejuvenation that is ours when we truly rest will be multiplied as we're able to give blessing to other people in the world. But for most of us, we're running on empty. For most of us, you know, the, 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 the fuel meters at, at, at E, it's on red. You know, the light is blinking for us and we aren't able to be a blessing. We aren't able to spread rest and peace in the world because we haven't remembered the Sabbath. We haven't kept it holy. And we've gone against the grain of the way God intended it to be. You know, I hear people say this all the time and I'm as guilty as anybody about it, but you know, you'll ask them how they're doing. They're like, oh man, I'm doing good, but I'm just, I'm busy, man. I'm swamped, man. I'm just trying to hang on, just trying to get through, just trying to get it all, all done and, and, and trying to keep up. And instead of being able to share peace and rest and rejuvenation that we received when we were on Saturday, we had nothing to give. And the gift of rest that God intended for you to enjoy and to multiply is unable to be passed on to others. Think about it. How many times have you driven past somebody in need or just moved past somebody in need because you were too busy? Or, or how many times have you avoided this person uh, because you, know, you, you don't have time to deal with your own junk, much less help them with their junk? And then how many times have you been short or snappy with a loved one because you're tired or you're stressed? So take a day off. God did. Sabbath. But I feel like it's important that we stop here and we say that work is important. Work is even necessary. Uh, so I'm not saying don't work because we were number one, we are made to work. You were made to work. Exodus chapter 20, uh, verse 9, if we look at that again, says, Six days you shall labor and do all of your work. Now, some of you are loving this message on rest because you're thinking, man, I'm great at resting. 
That's one of my favorite things to do. That's pretty much all I do. And you, on the other hand, you need to learn to work because man was created to work. Uh, you know, it's interesting when, when God breathed life into Adam, uh, he said to him in Genesis 2, verse 15, he said, the Lord took the man then, put him in the garden of Eden to work and to keep it. To work and to keep it. You know, this is pre-sin, by the way. There is nothing wrong with anything in the world. It is still a place of paradise, and Adam has a job. Ecclesiastes 9, verse 10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all of your might. Colossians is very explicit when it says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do it to the glory of God. And some of us have dreamed of this scenario where we work hard all the days of our lives and, and then we get to this place where we're finally able to, to stop working for the man. We have enough money to go and sit on the beach somewhere and, and that's just not the way God intended it or planned it to be. That's, that's more like a, a, a beer commercial. But, but God has intended it that, that there's always a contribution that we can make. There's always work that we can do. Work and responsibility are good for us. They're good for you and for me. You know, I love when I see somebody who is retired, you know, they've spent their 30, 40 years in the workplace, and then after retirement, they've found something to invest their life in with value that has value uh, to those around you. And, you know, here's the other thing. Take a look at the book of Revelation. There's jobs in heaven. So work is good. Man was made to work. But number two, uh, you know, we were also made to rest. We were made to rest. Six days we labor, and on the seventh day we Sabbath. Well, what does that look like? What does resting look like? Well, it's worship, it's rest, it's rejuvenation, it's delight. Worship, rest, rejuvenation, delight. We thank God for the, his blessings in our life. We rest our bodies and our minds. We rejuvenate and delight in all that we have and all that we have done. What rejuvenates you? Maybe if you work with your hands during the week, you need to find something for your mind to do on your day of rest. Or maybe if you work with your mind, you need to find something with your hands to do. You know, we sleep in, we eat together, we enjoy our family. Uh, one Jewish rabbi uh, uh, said this, that traditionally, if we look back at history, if, if we look back at history, the Sabbath was honored by the lighting of candles, by worship, by prayer. You know, uh, uh, some of you, your Sabbath is Sunday mornings, and, and this is part of your, your Sabbath and your rest. And so starting out with hearing the word of God and worshiping and praying together is it's great. You know, so prayer is part of it. Blessing your children, it says. So take time, take a moment to bless and speak life over your kids. Pray for the peace of, of God in their life. You know, uh, it's also uh, for singing of songs, but it's also for keeping quiet. It's for taking walks. It's for being in nature. It's for reading scripture. It's for making love. If you're married, if you're married, it's for making love. It's amazing that in the Jewish tradition, it was commanded for you to make love on the Sabbath. How awesome is that? Uh, you know, and so uh, it's for, uh, uh, you know, um, sharing a meal, a good meal. You know, if you have a great bottle of wine, save it for the Sabbath. Save it for the Sabbath. This is a day to delight in. It's a day of rejuvenation. This is a day to look forward to. It's kind of like Christmas without your crazy uncle, right? You know, it's a good day to be excited and to prepare for. 
Now, here's the reality of that is actually uh, being able uh, uh, to enter into rest actually takes work. It actually takes a little planning and preparation for it. I know it seems like an oxymoron to say that, that rest takes work, but we need to work at it. You know, in the Bible, it actually says this. In, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11, it says, Let us therefore make every effort to enter rest. Let us therefore make every effort to enter rest. And what does that mean? What does that look like? What means we need to organize our schedule. We need to prepare ourselves for it. We need to take our schedule and we need to to tweak it a little bit and make sure that we can get there. Uh, Another Jewish rabbi said this, and I think this is great about the Sabbath. He said this by declaring this over ourselves is what we should do is today I will pamper my soul. Today, I will pamper my soul. How good would it feel to have a day where you were like, what's on your agenda today? You know, do you have a list? Are you a list person? You know, the Myers-Briggs has the uh, E-N-T-J one, you know, where you like productivity and you need to check stuff off, check boxes off, right? What if you checked off the box, I pampered my soul, right? What if, uh, you know, somebody asked you what you did yesterday and you said, well, I pampered my soul. And they're like, what? What? Well, you had a pamper my soul party? Why wasn't I invited? And I said, well, because you stressed me out. That's why. You don't get to come to my pamper my soul party. But, uh, you know, it's, it's also, I like the way uh, Wayne Mueller says this. Again, Wayne uh, Mueller on his book on the Sabbath says, Sabbath is a time to stop and refrain from being seduced by our desires. To stop working, stop making money, stop spending money. See what you have, look around, listen to your life. Do you really need more than you have? Spend a day with your family. Instead of buying a new coffee maker today, make some coffee in the old one. And listen, don't get caught up on what day of the week it is. It doesn't have to be Sunday. There's a verse in the Bible that says that, all of the arguments about which day is better, all those arguments that these people who, who ruined the Sabbath in Jesus' time, all of the arguments that were made about which day is, is better, Jesus just said, knock it off. Jesus is the key to the Sabbath. So your Sabbath could be on Wednesday or Tuesday. Jesus put it this way in Mark 2.27. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. It was made for you. It was made for me. It was not man made for Sabbath. For us, uh, our Sabbath is Friday. Uh, Friday is our day of rest. Uh, so, you know, don't call me on Friday. Don't try to call us on Friday. I'm um, just, just kidding. You can call. We just, we won't answer. <laughs> so uh, go ahead. Uh, that's great. But, uh, you know, you see the point I'm trying to make here. The point is, is that we need to figure it out. We need to make every attempt to enter rest. It's a gift from God. It's a day made just for you. And when we bypass it, we miss out on so much that God has wanted for us. So enjoy it. Enjoy it. You will be well if you do. And here's what you'll need to understand about the Sabbath. The Sabbath is more than a day but it's not less than a day, right? The Sabbath is more than a day, but it's not less than a day. We say the same thing about worship, right? Like worship is is more than just singing, 
but it's not less than. Worship invades so much that we do, whether you know it's, it's, it's uh, hearing the word of God or prayer or how we live our lives, but it's not less than singing. It still is singing. You know what? Singing is the second most commanded Christian discipline in the Bible, second only to prayer. It's the second most uh, uh, commanded discipline that we should follow. And so in the same way, you know, uh, the Sabbath is not, is, it's, it's, it's not just a day, but it's not less than a day either. You know, if we look back in the beginning when God created Adam, uh, I love this story. You know, it's, Adam was created on what day? He was created on the sixth day. And it's the seventh day that rested. And so you can imagine Adam getting created and he's, he's alive for the first time in, in the garden in paradise with God. And he's like, all right, what do we get to do? What are we going to do? And, uh, you know, the first full day that Adam was on earth, he's ready to get going. And God looks at him and says, no, you need to rest. You need to rest. I've already completed everything. Today is the day of rest because everything is done and it is good. And in Hebrews, we learn that this, uh, everything that was before Jesus, everything in the Old Testament is a, a, a foreshadowing. It points to Jesus. And in the same way, you know, Jesus, uh, uh, when we come to Jesus, we come to faith in Jesus. And religion would have you say, you know, that, that, that you know, what do I need to do to uh, uh, receive God's love? Or what do I need to do to earn God's favor? But Jesus says, no, 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 no. You showing up in this relationship is all I need because I've already done it all. I've already taken care of everything on the cross. I paid for it all. And all you have to do now is rest in what I've done. And then we're like, how can I rest? How can I do that? I haven't done anything. And that is the point. The point is, is you don't need to do any, anything. Jesus took care of it all. He paid your bill. It's finished. He took care of the work on six days. He finished it on the cross. And now you can rest in your relationship with him, because he's already paid for it. He's already done it for you. Grace isn't based on you, it's placed on you. Religion says, behave and get saved, while grace says, just receive and believe what I already took care of for you. Jesus is our Sabbath. And so in that way, Sabbath is more than just a day, but it's not less than a day. I want to end this morning with an invitation from Jesus, and he kind of, he posed it as a question, and if, if you guys don't mind, whether you're watching this online or whether uh, you're in one of our locations with us here at Fenwick, um, I just ask that you would close your eyes as I read this. Jesus uh, said in a passage of scripture, by the way, that ultimately led to him doing two miracles on the Sabbath, two Sabbath day miracles, which is something I wonder about sometimes that how many miracles do we miss out because we don't spend the Sabbath with the Lord. But anyway, this is what he said. Matthew chapter 11, with every eye closed, I want you to hear these words from Jesus. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. 
learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. The Sabbath was created from the very beginning. God understood uh, our need for rest in our life and rejuvenation in our life. And so that cadence, that rhythm of Sabbath is important. And you can have all the excuses in the world of why that doesn't work for you. But at the end of the day, life is but a blank. Life goes by so fast. And what I don't want and what I don't want for you is for us to get to the end of our life and have the regret where we wish we would have, where we wish we would have spent more time, where we wish we would have taken more days off, where we wish we would have rested and rejuvenated so that we would have had more to give to those around us and more to give to our family and our loved ones and to those in need. So this week, may you be reminded May you hear the rhythm. May you feel the cadence uh, that God has already set in motion and six days to work, six days to get all that stuff done, but take some time and rest in the Lord and sit back, know that he is good, see what he's done, see what he's blessed you with. As you go today, it's my prayer that you will take that with you into your week. We love you guys. Hope to see you back again next week for part four of Blink. Blink.